0: Welcome to the Freaking Geeks Podcast, the flagship podcast of Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast hosts Michael, Sarah, and Barry crank the geekiness to 11, covering everything from movies and television to pop culture, video games, books, and so much more. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced each week, so feel free to add us to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook. The links will be in the show notes. Okay, now it's time to start the show.
1: Okay, so we are back for another episode of the podcast. Sarah is with me tonight. Unfortunately, Raker could not be here.
2: Yeah, because he's a slacker, doesn't want to talk to us anymore, and apparently has better things to do. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If if you're listening to this, Rake, this is what we think of you. (laughs)
1: Well, actually, actually... What what really happened is there was an accident and uh, it just forced. He's not coming back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's not coming back. He's he's actually dead. People, he's, he died. Sorry. When I Please say have accident, too.
2: when
1: I when I say accident, what I actually mean is there was a death, and and Raker sadly is is the one that died.
2: <laughs> and uh, his ghost will be joining us next week though, so you can look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh
1: yeah he'll be back he'll be back for sure, um, <laughs> all right so we are here to talk about Get Out, the Jordan Get Pe-
2: Out yes Get Out
1: <laughs> the uh Jordan Peele directed movie that, that took the world by storm last year it was a February release and a late February release and it was a huge smash and I remember I I didn't know anything about the movie. You know when it came out. Um I didn't I didn't see the trailers. I didn't hear any pre-release buzz. Nothing. And then all of a sudden it was just like this thing on social media, on for like Yahoo and other you know pages where it was just like if you've seen this movie, it's amazing. Like critics are just falling all over themselves to watch and review this movie. It's so amazing. And I was interested, you know, I thought hey, it sounds like a good movie. And from what everyone's saying it's got a lot of positive, you know, qualities. So, and a horror movie at that, right?
2: Yeah. Like it's, it's not entirely a horror movie, but it's definitely got elements of horror in it.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the thing though. It, it's horror. It's a different kind of horror. That's the thing. All right. It, it's it, like a
2: horror thriller combo with a touch of something else in it. It, it's like a social, it's like a social
1: horror is really what it, yeah. I think it comes down to. Um, horror of being in very uncomfortable situations and then it does take a a truly horror turn in the back end of the movie um, <laughs> especially in the third act but but really it's it's a um a movie that is uh, frightening on a different level and i love it and i'll tell you what I, i'm just saying right now i love it it's it's a really 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 good movie um I've been watching – there's been a trend lately with some of these horror movies where we're getting away from the gore fest movies, the uh, slasher, uh, 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 horror porn kind of movies that really dominated say a decade ago that kind of thing um, or, or around when it's saw came out yeah the hills have eyes the remake and uh, some of the other <laughs> ones where it was all about decapitations and blood flying everywhere and not in a comedic way you know not in a good way <laughs> right just a lot of blood and a lot of mu- you know mutilation and stuff which
2: saw series like don't get me wrong guys a couple of saw movies are good but it gets excessive at some point
1: <laughs> right after a while you just don't you don't want to have to watch a movie like that. So yeah. we're watching this trend with movies now, where we're getting a lot of other themes and inte- like intelligent themes and ideas kind of interwoven into a horror movie, uh, and I think it's great.
2: Yeah, I always, I've always said that. What makes a horror movie really great is when you add a psychological level to it, because that has got to be something that kind of fucks with your mind and also you know has something that you've never seen before on TV is just great. something it adds a twist to it.
1: Well, it's kind of like uh, like alien being an yeah. example, right? With Alien, there was definitely um, a horror aspect to it, but it was also the interplay between uh, the crew. And, of course, the psychological aspect and the psychological horror uh, that they had to deal with this thing in the ship somewhere and what that did to everybody. Um, yeah, I think it's it's really great, this movie, and I can't wait to talk about it. So uh, let's uh, let's get down to, to the good stuff. We're going to start out, of <laughs> course, as we always do, with the rundown. All right. So it was released on February 24th, 2017. It was written and directed by Jordan Peele. Runtime, an hour and 44 minutes. Budget, $5 million. That's it. Shut up. No way. That's it. Um, Box office, $176 million.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap. Stars. They made a pretty penny back. (laughs) uh,
1: Yeah, they did did a pretty good job. They did all right right for themselves. Um, Stars, Daniel Kaludia, uh, Allison Williams, Catherine Keener. Bradley Whitford and Steven Root.
2: Even watching this movie, it didn't clue into me that that was Bradley Whitford. Only when I went into IMDb and I'm looking through it, I'm like, God, that name's familiar. And looking at his past credits, I'm like, that's the guy from Billy Madison.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Did
2: not click in whatsoever.
1: Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was also on the West wing, which is,
2: Oh, that's right. He was the guy that had the breakdown, right?
1: That episode for Chris, the Christmas special. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I of course saw him like you in in uh, Billy Madison back in the day. You know that's where I saw him, and um, and then I watched him on The West Wing. And so for me, it, it's really The West Wing because I watched him for you know like six seasons on that show. Um. Anyway, it, okay. So, uh, before we get into everything here you know the one sentence review and everything let's do the trailer talk and there's no of course <laughs> we're not in a movie theater watching this but i did want to talk briefly about two trailers that came out very recently one was mary poppins
2: yes emily yes. blunt looks so good
1: yeah so uh mary poppins being the the remake of the of the julie andrews um mary poppins from way back in the day.
2: Is it a remake or is it like a She Returns kind of thing?
1: Well, actually, you know what? No, no, no. You might be right. No, you're right. It is a Mary Poppins return, so I apologize. not a remake. Um, but someone taking over for the role, I guess. Yeah. And I think this is brilliant. I really do. I think this could be fantastic fantastic uh, family film. And I'm excited for when it comes out because uh, Emily Blunt has quickly – uh, ascended the ranks of actresses that I really look forward to watching. I pretty much will watch anything she's in because I think she's a fantastic actress. Um, yeah. And but by watching the trailer, I, I think it looks um, it looks great. I think uh, she looks fantastic. Uh, I, I don't I don't want to give too much away if you haven't watched the trailer. I, I recommend it. I say go watch it if you haven't seen it. Uh, but it looks good. All right. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think so too. She's she like is a spinning image she's very close to julie andrews
1: yeah she these the the, well, the makeup the costume everything it looks really good yeah they um, did a good job yep yeah, so fantastic beast and where to find them the crimes of Grindelwald. uh Grindelwald dropped. Yep. <laughs> dropped and we're returning to a familiar location folks we are going <laughs> back to hogwarts Ah, so, uh, that's exciting! Yep. Yeah, so this is really going to be neat to see Hogwarts uh, for seventy years or so before Harry Potter would get there. Uh, eh, maybe not seventy. I'm trying to think. Yeah, actually, yeah, about seventy years before Harry Potter. Um, we'll see what a young Dumbledore looks like with Jude Law playing him. Um, all the cast is back from the first film. Plus, a lot of other people have been added, and I think this could be really good. I think if the first film was a, a nice establishment of the world and the characters. I think this film could be the one that really kind of pushes things in a very interesting, hopefully interesting and uh, fun uh, direction. So, yes, I say, you know, I cannot wait for the <laughs> I cannot <laughs> wait for this movie. You know, so this is gonna be good.
2: Am I crazy, or is like the guy with the white hair? Is that Johnny Depp?
1: Yes, that that's Johnny Depp. That's Grindelwald. Yeah.
2: Okay, I haven't seen the first one, but what? this looks. I know, I know. What? Seriously, <laughs> I never had an interest in it, and until I saw this trailer, I'm like, I think I probably should watch the first one.
1: You you watch the Harry Potter movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You have you have sinned. Okay. You have, Hey! What have you, you? I'm ending. I'm ending this recording. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I'd say I'd never seen the Godfather. I get a little whip I say I haven't seen that movie, and it's like I'm ending the recording. Screw you.
1: <laughs> yep. Everybody, I'm going. So, so I'm going solo in this episode. Sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm cutting out Sarah um, for that egregious sin of not watching Fantastic Beasts. Anyway. Uh, it looks good. Can't wait. Uh, So hopefully when it does come out, it lives up to my meteoric expectations. All right. So let's move on to the one sentence review. Uh, Sarah, why don't you go first?
2: Oh, right. I didn't write one. <laughs> I always This is one I always forget. But if I had to give a one sentence review of Get Out, it is that this movie is a movie that borders upon psychological thriller and your classic horror and they take the best elements of both sides okay
1: all right so for me um it's a a horror comedy that manages to be both truly frightening and uh, socially topical so um yeah i think this is is a it's just a good one so uh Before we move on to our plot synopsis, we're going to have an ad for Patreon.
0: Do you like podcasts about movies, television shows, books, games, and pop culture? How about sports like football and tennis? Here at Freaking Geeks Media, one of our many goals is to create a variety of podcasts that you can enjoy listening to. From the Freaking Geeks podcast to Hungry for Hannibal, Friday Night Mics, the American Gods podcast, and Stranger Things... We know that giving you an assortment of options is one of the best ways of bringing you back for more. But it does take quite a bit of work and expense on our end to make these podcasts a reality. Patreon gives us the opportunity to make a living doing what we love. However, to do this, we need your help. By donating as little as a dollar a month, you get access to both past and upcoming Patreon-only content, as well as early access to regular episodes before they appear on iTunes. Other tier rewards include monthly loot crate giveaways, access to live broadcasts, Freaking Geeks t-shirts, magnets, and much more. We can honestly say that anything given is greatly appreciated. So, consider supporting us by going to www.patreon.com slash freakinggeeks and check out what we have to offer. We think you'll like what you see and hear.
1: Okay, time for the plot synopsis. So, here we go. Uh, now that Chris and his girlfriend Rose have reached the meet the parents milestone of dating, she invites him for a weekend getaway upstate with Missy and Dean. At first, Chris reads the family uh, Chris reads the family's overly accommodating behavior as nervous attempts to deal with their daughter's interracial relationship. But as the weekend progresses, a series of increasingly disturbing discoveries lead him to tr- to a, to a truth that he could have never imagined. Nina, an army veteran, uh, Turner, I'm sorry, that was from, sorry, it's actually from the last synopsis from last week's movie. I forgot to cut that out. So anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, as i totally butchered the plot synopsis here. Um, yeah, so this actually, this plot synopsis, um, it it's a pretty good, you know, idea of what this movie is about. Um it's a surface level. Surface level. And there's a lot more that goes into this movie and that's what we're going to talk about next. So, Sarah, what were your thoughts uh when you finished what uh finished Get Out and you were just sitting there trying to process what was going on. What was going through your mind?
2: Just a roller coaster of emotions like um you know the first two halves of this movie, it's, you're just kind of you, know, you go into this expecting it to be about race and expecting it to be about hating a certain race. And then they throw in some M. Night Shyamalan twist at you. And it's not about that at all. In fact, they're after your genetic makeup. That's pretty, that's pretty a great way to look at it and have a good twist. And afterwards, after I finished it and after I just came down like the roller coaster of like, he's. After all those people went down, I was so like happy and disturbed, and the way they ended too with kind of this light, humorous note. I mean, it's it's all these touches of different parts of you know comedy or horror or psychological that just make this movie really great.
1: Oh, I couldn't I couldn't uh, agree more. Uh, when I finished this movie, uh, it was one of those films that. Okay, every once in a while, I'll watch a movie, and at some point, I'll realize immediately I'm watching an all-time classic kind of movie. And that's just me. I don't have to get to the very end to know that I'm watching a great film. And, yeah, to me, this is a film that is uh, very intelligent. It's done by a director, who first-time director, Jordan Peele uh really if, first time i believe first time director he did the, the key and Peel show um here in the united states which
2: good for uh, him is
1: really uh very popular it's like a skit show so they do yeah. like a lot of comedy actually and uh he's really good and yeah this i think I believe this is his first first film my uh first directing job he's ever done wrote the That's script impressive. yeah he wrote the script and he did a great job. Um, as a director, as a writer, top notch stuff. But I got to the end of this movie and long before I got, you know, I got there, I realized this is a great movie. This is a really great movie because it's, it's a horror movie done in a far different way. You know, it's not about blood and gore. It's not about guts and and decapitations and all this stuff that is, you know, quote unquote horror, um, it's certainly the like the slasher uh genre and the uh horror porn like the saw and and uh the Hills have eyes remake and some of these other you know movies where it's all about how much blood can we spill in this movie and that's supposed to be the horror aspect the problem is after a while you're just like whatever this is not horrific to me uh it doesn't disturb me like it's horrific yeah. to it's horrific to look at it just it doesn't disturb me in the way i feel like i need to be disturbed by a horror movie
2: yeah like when you use them strategically it makes it that more powerful but when it's all you're feeding you just become desensitized to it Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it loses its power and it's something that easily loses its power uh there are things in this movie that i mean this movie made me uncomfortable (laughs) i mean I, i cringed i was uncomfortable for large portions of this movie and that's part of what makes it scary. Um, in not okay, scary in a very cer- a very specific way. I'll give you an example. So there is a scene in this movie where um I'm sorry, I can't think of the, the uh, character's name, Chris. Uh he comes in and he runs upstairs, and there's a bunch of People down, you know, throughout the house, and they're all talking, you know. And he goes upstairs. Once he hits that top step, everybody stops talking immediately and just stares. So creepy. Straight up. I mean, and they just stand there, drinks in hand, and it is just it 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 freaked me out. You know, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm just thinking, this is like totally crazy. This is totally. This is freaking me out. This is just disturbing is what it is it's disturbing i don't know what's going on yet in this movie but it is is disturbing
2: and yeah, it's, um it's like the moment you know like without a doubt like there's there's no if ends or buts this family is after him
1: oh yeah definitely oh without no you know, without a doubt but there's like uh an element of the stepford wives in this movie definitely in that that scene right there really it was like the stepford wives you know these these people that uh, just all staring at Chris up into, you know, the top level of the house. It, 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 yeah, I was my, like my hair was standing on the back of my neck, you know, <laughs> I was just totally freaking out, but all right. So let, let's get back to uh, the sort of uh, kind of at the beginning of this movie, you know, because they, so, so Chris and uh, uh, Rose, Rose are, are, Boyfriend and girlfriend. They've been dating for, for some time. Um, I, I want to say, what, six months, three months maybe?
2: I think they said four months.
1: Four months. So it's that point in the relationship where you, know, you, you go visit the parents or something, and things are getting more serious. And Rose decides that she's going to take Chris with her to her family's uh, place for the weekend.
2: In the middle of nowhere where no one's around to hear you scream.
1: Right. Pretty much, it, seriously, that's 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 hilarious because it's just if, if nobody can hear you uh, scream in space, then nobody can hear you scream when you're on an estate surrounded by woods. Right. <laughs> so, um, you go up there, or they go up there and beat the parents. And you know, initially, it's like, okay, these are cool parents because Rose has assured him that you know, my my parents are, you know, you know, he's going to tell you that. Uh, you know, he would have voted for Obama for third, for a third term and all this stuff, you know. So more or less making them out to be, you know, kind of liberal, uh, very uh, left-leaning uh, people. Yeah. Just not the kind of people that would make a big deal out of their daughter, you know, dating a black man.
2: Kind of people with good intentions.
1: Right. They get up there and meet them and, you know, things initially are they're awkward but not in a horrible way. Uh shows him around the house and then they learn that there's gonna be this big party and I guess they have it every year and, and Rose is like, What? It's this weekend? Oh, God, terrible, you know, I, I can't believe that I forgot <laughs> it. And then her brother shows up, um, and he's just a crazy person. He's a psycho, like that, that guy. Um, oh,
2: he reminds me of Billy in Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. He's totally got that vibe to him.
1: Yeah, definitely. Very much unhinged. Something mm-hmm. missing up there. Uh, and, you know, still, things are all right. They're around the dinner table. He's telling, you know, stories and, and everyone's laughing, joking, having a good time. And then things turn weird in that dinner. I mean, like, there's a hard right at some point in that conversation. Because um, then he's, like, going to do, like, like karate and, ju- you know, like...
2: Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu.
1: And it's like, Chris is like, dude, what do is- you we're eating
2: dinner dude <laughs> like even, like, even, what is your problem
1: like even her parents are just like you know could you please stop could you please stop Could you please stop it's just this is ridiculous so anyway um and again i don't want to you know go through this too much here because obviously i mean if you're listening to this review
2: you've you've, seen
1: you've probably seen the movie so i'm not going to sit here and go through all of it but what I liked about this movie is the opening scenes up there with the parents, and especially with Rose there, it all seems awkward, but no less awkward than I think any boyfriend or girlfriend would go or would have uh, going to see parents. The feelings that they have, they don't know the family, how do they you know, connect with the people there, do they make them feel welcome? unwelcome the
2: rules of the you know, house kind of thing knowing where you stand
1: navigating that whole experience it it can be very frightening you know in its own way uh so anyway so we have um this whole thing early on and then things start getting weird right uh we have chris getting hypnotized the help the the two um the people that are there at the house are obviously black and they work there
2: yeah and it looks like they never sleep like they just non-stop work and tied keep around the house at right. first at least
1: yeah so but they're weird they act weird you know and they don't act in a way that chris feels is like genuine you know
2: yeah it's like and i love how they acted because it literally looks like uh, someone controlling a foreign body and someone trying to fight to get control of it again. And it, it's especially true in the scene where he goes, he, when he goes up to his room and he sees his phone's unplugged and Georgina comes in and, you know, she's saying certain things, but like there's tears coming out of her eyes and you can just see the fight behind it. It's, she deserves nomination for that moment because she did a fantastic job she did a really good job portraying that there's like you don't know why it's happening at first but when you know why it makes so much sense it's so good yeah and you know i
1: want to say this too you're right she does a fantastic job i also want to briefly say you know this movie is actually funny too you know <laughs> as scary as it is and it is a scary it's a scary frightening movie in a in the way that things are presented but it's also funny. And there were some moments throughout this movie where I was actually laughing pretty good, you know.
2: Yes, his TSA friend, uh, <laughs> Rod. I think his name Rod is Rod. He's the best.
1: He is hilarious. He's great. Um, so yeah, I just want to say it, it is. It is funny. It's not just about the scares and the weird tension and the just the just the people. I mean, ah, uh, and let, and I want to I want to get to that too. Right, because look at, let's face it, this movie more than anything is about race relations, you know, how we relate to each other, how people of different races relate to each other, and how awkward that is, so you know one of the things he does with this movie is he takes the awkwardness of meeting a new family and blends that with the awkwardness of a say a black man being surrounded by a bunch of white people, and how there's this kind of this weirdness, you know, and if they're not outright hostile and in a way you could say actually being outright hostile would be preferable in some ways than what you get in this movie where you have all these white people around Chris, at, you know, at this party saying things like, uh, you know, tiger woods is, is awesome. I, you know, Hey, I know tiger woods or, you know, I know this guy or this, you know, it's like all these, Oh, and black people are cool and and hip hop and all this stuff. and, it just feels so forced, like they're forcing themselves to try to relate. And it, it, does, it that comes off as very um, – I don't know what word I'm looking for. It just not in a very um, – in a way that doesn't feel like it's actually being truth They're being truthful. You know? no, it
2: feels like they're just finding topics of conversation that they think he'll like Yeah, just because of his color it, of yeah, skin. It,
1: it's, it's disingenuous. That's the word I looking for, Dis- yeah. disingenuous to them. The way they're kind of approaching it and talking to him and, and bringing this stuff up and it, it's uncomfortable. You can tell it's uncomfortable for Chris because he's trying his best to just be a good boyfriend and humor them uh, as best he can and uh, it's tough. And uh, so I like how they blend those two things together in this movie, where you know, he's there trying to meet the family, but then he also has to deal with all these people who are trying to relate to him or acting like uh, "I love black people," you know, and, and, and the way that the forced way that they're doing it, just it just it's cringy. It it really yeah. is cringy.
2: And um, before we go further, there's a moment in this movie that only reflecting on it after I finished it, did I really like? And it's when the cop pulls them over in the very beginning, or they call the cops because they hit an animal. Premonition, by the way, right there. Dead animal, always means bad things. Uh, but he's, you know, wanting to have his license. He, if you think he's your typical racist cop, and Rose is fighting him on it, and it looks like she's standing up for her man, but really, if he had seen his license, he'd know he was at that estate and know where he was. And that's the reason why Rose doesn't want him to have his license. Right. It's like, that's brilliant. And only now did it click.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, and I want to talk about Allison Williams' character and her performance <laughs> in general in a minute. She's
2: the scariest.
1: Uh, yeah. We'll get to her in a second. Um. <laughs> But but kind of getting back to like the whole the way the people interact with uh, Chris, you know, yeah. it's like this. It's like mixing like like there's condescension, you know, going on throughout this movie when it comes to people interacting with him. Uh, there's also this thing where you could tell people are are envious of of him as well. Which has something to do with with him being black uh, like like for instance I'll give you an example um you have uh Rose's dad and he's walking Chris around and they get to the, the part of the house where his I think his grandfather had raised Jesse Owens
2: right right yeah. so
1: he tells the story about how you know, Jesse Owens comes to the Olympics and you got the whole Aryan race. And, you know, he's like my dad, you know, he raced in that race and he came in second place to Jesse Owens. Jesse Owens, of course, winning and upending the entire Olympics because of, you know, Hitler and all that stuff. And initially, you know, the story sounds like, okay, yeah, he came in second place, but hey, whatever, you know, uh, still did a great job. But that was the impetus for everything because he became obsessed his entire life was dedicated to you know what he felt was the superior genetic human
2: yeah and we find out this is not a horror story about even hate it's the opposite it's crazy yeah,
1: right and and i think kind of find it funny in a nice little twist on the whole Aryan race thing with Hitler is that in a way that's kind of what's going on here except they're literally adopting the bodies of of black people of African Americans who um, who they consider to be the superior race Isn't yeah that it's crazy? really great twist it's weird and it's like, <laughs> um, but it's great anyway so um Let's talk about Rose.
2: Oh, this girl is scary and cray-cray all over.
1: So, uh, first off, Allison Williams knocks it out of the park in this movie. Seriously. She is great. Um, So initially, she comes off like a fantastic girlfriend. She's uh, warm. She's loving. As you said, she's she's funny. She's funny. She stands up for Chris uh, with a cop, like you said. Now, obviously, we know that there's – um a ulterior motive going on there. But initially you're just thinking, okay, she's like, hey, look, why are you being, you know, racist? Why, you know, you don't have to give him anything, you know? So initially things seem great. And it's not up in, it's not actually, I'd say, until the the final third of the movie where things get weird with her. Because all all throughout most of that movie it feels like All this stuff is going on, but she doesn't understand it. She doesn't see it. She's not comprehending what Chris is going through until he tells her. And then he's like, hey, we got to leave, got to go. And then she starts doing everything she can so that they don't leave. And that ultimately ends with her, you know, supposedly not being able to find her keys, which, of course, at that point, Chris is surrounded by, you know, her family members. And, you know, things get really crazy shortly thereafter.
2: You ain't going nowhere. (laughs) And she is a cold-blooded psychopath. She's she's a true psychopath. Like I mean, this is your definition of a psychopath in human form.
1: Do you know one of the most frightening scenes that this entire movie was for me?
2: Was her drinking milk and eating yes. dry Fruit Loops? Yes. Terrifying. That was the scariest moment of this she, whole movie to me.
1: The way that movie, that way, that, I'm sorry, the way that that scene was framed with her sitting on the bed and very robotically picking some picking the milk up, drinking it. Setting it down, grabbing this. I mean, it was just like she was, uh, she was like a, a robot. And yeah. there was like zero emotion on her face.
2: She's already hunting for an ex victim.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, this is like the process. I mean, uh, she was, yeah, she's brilliant in this movie. Yeah. I, I got to tell you. So
2: good. she's um, the scariest person in this movie. And she does it without being like, you know, over the top, top, and your classic horror. It's, it's just oh, the way she is is crazy. It's your when they bring in your definition of a true psychopath, it gets really scary.
1: It, it does, and um, you know, oh, and I want to talk about, also about Daniel Kaluuya. Um, he got this uh addition, he auditioned for the role, and uh, they said that. Actually, I mean, this gets into a bit of the trivia, but I'll just say it now. Uh, he was given the lead role on the spot after nailing his audition. Uh, director Jordan Peele said that uh, he did about five takes of a key scene in which his actor needed to cry. And each was so perfect that the single tear came down at the exact same time for each take. Um, wow! So there's a little trivia. Uh, Daniel is great in this movie.
2: Um he is very controlled and, like, without showing like he's controlled. Like, he appears to be, like, you know, exactly as he appears to be acting, you know, in the, you know, the awkward black guy meeting the white family. Like, it all feels super genuine, but he's so in control without yeah. having it look like that.
1: He's for, he knows that he can't get angry, he can't, you know, uh, get upset over anything that happens because he's visiting her, his girlfriend's family and therefore needs to just do his best to get through the weekend more or less. And initially that seems like it'll be fine, but then it, it does get crazy and things seem weird. Um, so let's look at the example of uh, when the camera goes off and it flashes Flash, in that, yeah. you know, that guy's face and the guy's just, just he just stares straight ahead. Next thing you know, he blinks and he just sees Chris and says, "Get out, get out!" And he's running, you know, after him. And again, that's that is a very disturbing thing to see. And then to see him come out of the uh, the one of the rooms in the house and t- he's all fine now, you know. Yeah, um, rehypnotized
2: and good as new.
1: Yeah, um, and of course, let's talk about Catherine Keener in this movie because she plays the mom and therefore also the. Uh, therapist slash hypnotist who really takes control of chris and all of the people there at the house
2: yeah without him almost even realizing it to begin with just a simple conversation her stirring her tea becomes the trigger for uh these him to go into the sunken place Yeah, it triggers that effect
1: yeah she does a a really good job. Everybody does a great job here in this movie. Seriously, yeah. really, it's fantastic. It's uh, seriously great.
2: Yeah, there's no bad acting.
1: No, no, and we'll get to that because we got to grade everything. But that's so true. There is no bad acting here, from the small roles up to the big ones. It's um, all top notch stuff. Uh, I, you know, I think, um, I think this movie is a brilliant for a number of reasons. We talked a little bit about this, the social commentary, the um, aspect of meeting a family and, and being like a black person meeting a, a white family and how uncomfortable that is. But just from a horror aspect, that final third act is pretty damn brilliant.
2: Yeah, like it starts off with a you know a friendly game of bingo. Yeah. <laughs> We quickly realize what that means. And they're literally kind of auctioning him off. Whoever has the right numbers yep. gets bingo, gets the guy. <laughs> it's so yep. terrifying. And it's the whitest possible way to do that.
1: Right. Definitely. And, you know, taking these, these black people and basically what they're doing is they're just transferring the the mind, the consciousness from – one person to like a, a white person into his body and yep. there, and then his, um, his consciousness is kind of going down into the sunken place, which is the place that uh, um, Rose's mom puts each person, each black person that uh, Rose brings home because we, we later on in the film, we see well Chris finds this album full of all these, all these, you know, black men that Rose is with and, you know, we that was realizes. the one part I didn't
2: like is where that was. <laughs> it was conveniently in that little closet that's been open the whole time.
1: I was trying to figure out why that closet was open.
2: And it's been open the whole time they're there because he wakes up the first day and it's wide open and he kind of looks at it curiously. Nothing happens. And then the second time he goes into it and finds that box. It's like, why would you just leave it in the middle of a open door in the room? Do you think like, it's why? Be- do you think it's because at that point, they didn't care.
1: Like he wasn't leaving the house. He wasn't, he wasn't getting out, you know?
2: I guess. Like, I feel like, it's it's, like,
1: I feel like at some point, every single one of these, these men that she's brought home has, has gotten to this point. Like this is not a, at some point they all realize this is weird. Something's going on. And then eventually they try to get out of the house and, and they never make it. Yep. So maybe they, maybe they all, or most of them have, have found this album and actually learned the truth.
2: Probably, maybe it's just like your psychopathic traditions.
1: <laughs> yeah, the process, maybe. Yeah. So that's what they're doing. They're taking people, uh, these white people. The, all of them hold up their cards. Whatever one wins gets their consciousness put into the body of Chris. Of course, their body will will die, and uh, Chris goes into the sunken place and this person just controls their body and just takes over basically you know so they get the benefits of everything uh that his body has to offer
2: and possible immortality i mean you could just go body to body sure
1: true yeah so pretty crazy it is pretty crazy um so is there anything that you want to talk about when it comes to this movie before we move on to trivia
2: uh, maybe to talk a bit about him just finally, yeah. I love the moment where you know, he's doing his nervous habit on the chair and it's clawing the leather open, oh, and oh, yeah. we see like the white tuft. And I'm like, I don't like, oh yes, you can just plug your ears and it'll be fine. And sure enough, that's exactly what he does. And just I felt such a release of adrenaline watching it when he finally gets just brain the brother and. It they have it entirely silent when he's coming up on people too, and I love that because you as the audience don't really. And there's no build up music. It's just like, Rams the dad with a stag. <laughs> it's so good, and it makes you jump. And that's really something, that not many horror movies can do these days because it's all so overdone.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, definitely. I, I definitely agree. I think that um, one of the things that, the movie does so well is. It manages to – I think it manages to be brilliant and ingenious in a way that most horror movies don't even try because they lack any kind of original ideas, you know?
2: Yeah. A lot of them are so just – you know, this same thing over and over again and not really pushing any new barriers, trying anything different. Or this one at least, you know, jumping at it, stepping into something foreign and different.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think also that what really got me with this movie was how this complete package manages to come together. You know, there's a lot of wonderful elements in this movie, but I've seen other movies that have had, I don't want to say the similar setup or anything or elements, but just things seem individually element wise to work, but they don't mesh they don't gel and so the movie just feels like a hodgepodge of things whereas this movie feels like there is a fantastic integration of themes and ideas and the way that the story itself is told to kind of display and get across those themes and ideas so i think this movie does that brilliantly
2: yeah i totally agree it's a wonderful horrific mesh of it all i love it (laughs) And I love the very, very ending. Oh you yeah. You know, he takes down everybody, he's finally just walking down the road and he's just bloodied up. And his TSA buddy pulls up, he gets in the car and he's like, I told you not to go to that house. You know that, right? <laughs> well, so
1: good. I think one of the I think one of the great things in this movie is the the end scene, but also it ties in well with the cop scene from earlier in the movie. So yeah. the cop the cop shows up and we know what that means, right? Of course, he accosts uh, Chris, asks him for his his license and all this stuff, and basically, you know, definitely an element of you know racial profiling here. He just sees a black guy in this area and thinks, okay, I need to check this guy out because he's black. So yeah. then we get to the end of the movie, and Rose has come after him, and he he you know, uh, well, let's see. So Rose comes after him, but has one of the guys that she had brought with her you know had seduced, who is now the I think her, gran- her grand grandfather yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so uh he manages to tackle Chris, Chris then what flashes him in the face with his uh camera, which of course releases him that that's the thing that gets you know the consciousness of whatever you know, man that she had uh, was in that body kind of come to the surface, come out of the sunken place. Um, he gets the gun from Rose and then shoots her. So she's, and then he shoots himself just because of the torture he's been through, all the things that he's done. Um, and then Chris goes over and he's like talking to her, like hovering over her body and a cop car shows up. And that's when you, you flash back to the earlier scene of the movie, you're thinking, Oh shit, this is not good. This is not... You're screwed. You are screwed. Cop car. You might as well... You're done, dude. You're going to prison. Uh, But you'll be alive. (laughs) But you're going to prison. Um, And and Rose, of course, is kind of calling out, trying to get help. And uh, that's when Rod opens the door and, you know, you can see that it's airport security. And he steps out and we know everything's going to be all right.
2: Yeah. It was great. And I love that... Uh, Chris contemplates strangling her and killing her, but he stops because he wants to leave her there to die and to bleed out painfully.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, I hate to say this, but to be fair, kind of deserves it. (laughs) Oh my God,
2: yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, She she played a pretty big role in bringing these people there and putting them through a, a level of torture. You know, seeing themselves... Deep inside their minds, seeing themselves do things all the time. I mean, it, I can't imagine. That's that's terrible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She definitely deserves worse.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to move on to trivia. Before we do that, we have an ad for our sponsor,
0: Spindlecraft. Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com. And at the checkout, enter the word geeks. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down.
1: Okay. All right. Let's move on to trivia. We have a few things here. I already did the one with uh, Daniel Kaluuya, given the lead role. And nailing the audition. So we also have Jordan Peele saying in an interview that Allison Williams reminded him of someone you knew and had a crush on when you met her at summer camp, and he thought this was a great quality for that kind of character of Rose Armitage to really have.
2: Yeah, that's actually true because you know you're already you're kind of on her side.
1: Right. They did her brilliantly. They kept her character. Uh, but they kept her character on the audience's side by making yeah. it appear like she was always on Chris's side, questioning why her family was being so stupid, acting so weird. And it kept that twist at the end, and held that off for a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Yeah, right. That's great. So the opening of the film is partially inspired by the opening of Halloween, which Jordan Peele described as a subversion of the perfect white neighborhood. So I forgot to mention this because, yeah. So the opening scene of this movie is, is brilliant. And I love what they did with it. So you have, instead of having a white person um, in, in a black neighborhood where they're all like, feel like they're going to be shot or killed or something or, or robbed, um, you have the exact opposite. You have a black guy who's in the suburbs and he's trying to find a house. And he's talking to somebody on the phone. And he's saying like, Dude, this is just so weird. I mean, I this is so weird being here. I am totally out of my element. This is just not the correct neighborhood for me. All this stuff, you know. He's basically saying, "Look, I don't belong in this neighborhood. It's just, it's just weird." And then this cop, or not this cop, this car pulls up behind him, and it starts kind of like following him slowly. So eventually, what ends up happening is, um, he gets stabbed. Think, is it stabbed and killed? Or no, it, he just um next snap, next snap. grabs him.
2: I think he chokes him and puts him in the car. All right,
1: okay, and then throws him in the trunk. Right, right, right. So,
2: and I think this is Logan, the guy with the like, woman twice his age at the party.
1: Right, the right, right. only black guy there. Right. So, um, I thought this was was brilliant. I just I love that started the movie off with this right here. Knowing yeah. you knew what kind of movie you were getting, I think, to a certain degree, once this scene was over,
2: yeah, right off the bat, you're like, Oh, this is the way it's gonna be,
1: yeah. All right, so here's uh, this one's a little different. Uh, Armand Dwight is the only known professional movie critic to give this film a negative review, thus lowering its excellent Rotten Tomatoes rating from 100% to 99%. He claimed that it was produced for a liberal agenda and referred to it as a get whitey film. Uh, white, by the way, is African-American. The critic is known to give rotten reviews to mainly revered films like Toy Story 3, which also had an excellent 100% rating prior to his review.
2: So he's just a dick,
1: <laughs> Okay, is what you're telling so- me. Is he
2: just wants to screw up the rating? <laughs>
1: So, um, and this is just my opinion. I'm not a fan of Ormond White. And I'm not here. I'm not here to bash movie critics and stuff. Uh, Everyone has, you know, not everyone. Most people have critics that they prefer. Um, But I will say this. And this is just my opinion, by the way. To me, Ormond White is a contrarian critic. Meaning, if everybody loves a film, he's probably going to be the guy that hates it. You know, like, when you were in you were in high school or, or middle school and everyone loved it, loved a, a movie or a, a song or a band or something, there was that one person who you knew just because everybody else loved it, they were definitely, definitely gonna hate it. They were gonna yeah. they were gonna find something to bitch and complain about.
2: They're the person that, you know, defines themselves by not following the trends and and everything like that and and uh, what people think and what people watch, but they end up having their own views dictated by these people in the reverse way. It's just like you're an idiot either way.
1: Right. And I'm not saying I want everybody to agree. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. If you don't like the film, fine. But what happens is there's a pattern You know, and it's the pattern that's, that's kind of annoying. Like I remember, and I, this is, this is literally, this is no joke. I remember, um, I was I was sitting here, I remember when Get, Get Out came out, and I don't remember how many view reviews it had up until Ormond White reviewed the movie. But I want to say it was like, it was well over 100, I think, uh, movie reviews. And it still had 100% Rotten Tomatoes rating. And then I remember sitting here thinking, man, everybody's loving this movie. I was looking through all the critics. And I'm like, almost all the critics have watched this movie. And I thought, you know what? If there is one movie critic that's going to give this a negative review, I know exactly who's going to do it. And I said, Armand White, I, I bet you he's going to give this a negative review. No joke. He gave it a negative review and I was just like – when is when the negative review popped up, I didn't even have to look at who gave it the negative review. I knew exactly who was going to do it and it was Armand White. I could not – I I only, I, both, I both couldn't believe it and I could believe it at the same time. Wow, it was just yeah. I I've read his reviews of movies, like really really good movies. Like I said, I if you don't like a movie, fine. But it's when you start reviewing movies and you start giving like he gave, I I I think, and it's just I think he gave like Transformers: Dark of the Moon a positive review. Of
2: course it is.
1: So it's like this thing where like there'll be a really uh, a pretty bad movie, you know, just in general. And he'll give it a positive review. You get a really good movie, and he'll give it a neg- he'll give it a negative review just because he's got to be on the opposite side of what everyone else is doing.
2: So basically, if you follow this guy and he says he likes something, don't watch it. If he doesn't like something, go watch it.
1: Yeah, sure. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just me, and that's just my opinion. Again, it you know, but that's just I've never been uh, a Roman one white fan just because I feel like you know he just tends to do this, and it just it's annoying. Um, anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> moving on, uh, after the trivia section here, uh, we're going to get into our script grade or our, not our script grade, our, our movie grades. We're going to do the script. We're going to do acting. Uh, we're going to do directing. Um, I guess we can do special effects slash makeup, but there really is
2: very you know, minimal, very minimal. It's um, basically just the blood, surgery
1: scene. Blood. Yeah. In the yeah. blood. Uh, editing and pacing and of course our final thoughts so we'll start out with the script uh prose a highly intelligent and thought-provoking script that deals with social critiques um cons honestly nothing um <laughs> i think from the from the themes and the ideas to the the way the script was uh constructed and structured uh I think the dialogue is fantastic. It's, it's really a top, top notch script. One of the best scripts I, I think I've ever seen. Um, I give it an A plus actually. And I don't give a, I'll give A's a lot, you know, to, it's a really good script. uh, But I don't generally give an A plus to, to scripts.
2: Yeah. I'm with you on this because I can't find a flaw in the script. I like every moment of it. And every moment of it doesn't like I can't always predict the next one and then when i do predict the next scene it's not for the reason i thought it was going to be <laughs> you know it's always something different and it keeps you guessing and it's very well written and the way it handles you know racial of course, like, you know, I voted for Barack Obama twice and, you know, would vote for him a third time, blah, 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 like all that kind of stuff. The way it handles it and sets it up, it's brilliant. It's so well written. I'm with you A plus all the way.
1: Okay. All right. Let's move on to acting. Are there any standout performances? Uh, I yeah. put I put plenty. Um, <laughs> it's true. Is there any, is there anyone that doesn't do standout work in this movie? Um You know, from from big ones to small ones, everyone nails their part perfectly. Uh, And I I definitely agree totally um, with what you were saying earlier about uh, Alison Williams being so good in this movie. And I think Daniel does a great job. Uh, Bradley Woodford, Catherine Keener, uh, Stephen Root, his small role. Everybody came to play in this movie. I think they all knew that there was potential for this to be really, really great. Um, And so I think everyone was taking this seriously. And uh, I think the the acting really reflects that. So are there any bad performances? Nope. (laughs) Not at all. I didn't see any. I didn't think anybody gave a bad performance. Uh, Honestly, again, another rare score. I think here, A-plus acting for me.
2: Yeah. I'm same here. I mean, there's no bad acting. Everyone played their part perfectly. You can't find a fault. And stand-up performances? Ugh, Daniel, he does a phenomenal job. The crying scene where he's first hypnotized. It's so great. He's so horrified. And he does it perfectly and he's so still at times it's it's wonderful and alison like <laughs> that i will watch that girl play serial killers psychopaths you name it i will watch her play cuz you need to give that girl more horror roles she nails them she's so good um if anybody thought she was um a
1: lightweight actor i think before this movie i think you have to reevaluate how you consider her as an actress after this
2: Yeah, and she really nailed me in the scene where um, Rod calls her phone or she calls him something like that. yeah, yeah, And if you close your eyes and you listen to the scene, you can imagine her, you know, worried and panicked and probably teary-eyed. And you watch her, though. Her face is – I love that she went this direction. She decided to have her face totally numb, emotionless, but her voice is conveying – all the emotion. It's such a good choice and she nails it. And for that reason, she is like the huge standout of this film for me.
1: Oh, I totally I totally agree. I think she's amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on to directing. Uh, how good was the directing in this movie? Uh, Jordan Peele really knocks it out of the park here. I think as a first-time director, you couldn't have asked for more. I think the film looks gorgeous. Um, so from a cinematography standpoint, I think it is, is brilliantly done. Uh, but I think the shots and I think the creativity that's utilized, for instance, like the shots where um, Rose's mom and Chris are sitting uh, across from each other. He took Silence of the Lambs with a, and kind of reflected that in this movie. So if you watch Silence of the Lambs, have you watched Silence of the Lambs?
2: Have I watched *The Lambs*? <laughs> Come on!
1: I know. I asked this because you know we have people that don't know this, you know, listeners.
2: <sighs> it's my life and blood.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. So just to let you know, she's a huge like uh, Hannibal. Hannibal, everything. <laughs> right. So obviously, we did the the TV show *Hannibal*. Um, uh, reviewed that. So, um, so if you watch in Silence of the Lambs*, the the shots where. You have Clarice and Hannibal Lecter, and their first meeting for the first time, and the shots go back and forth, really close up and tight. Yeah, um, he did that. He's like, I wanted to reflect that, you know, in this particular scene, uh, this the 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 sunken place, and how they did that. You know, I, I thought that was a brilliant bit of uh, uh, creativity going on there. It was a cool effect. Yeah, very cool. Uh but I liked all of it and I think the the directing reflects uh the script very well. I think he does what he has to do to kind of bring the qualities out of the script. You know, there's going to be there's jump scares. There's really frightening um things going on, disturbing elements in this movie like everyone standing around or staring at Chris when he's not looking and just the the behavior of All of the other black people at the house and the way they they look at him, talk to him, treat him, interact with him. I mean, it's – yeah, it's it's pretty good. And so in order to do that, you have to be a pretty good director at least have a good uh, natural eye to do it. And I think he is uh, phenomenal here. By the way, I give it an A.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like that he – He doesn't just try and do more. He knows that the focus of this movie should be its story and its acting. And they nail both of those points. And the directing doesn't need to be over the top. He doesn't need to try and push anything. I think that's a really smart thing to do. When you're a first-time director or just starting out you feel the need to overprove yourself and it ends up usually falling flat in falling apart. So I love that he knew where he wanted to be, where he wanted to stop and you know, keep everything at the right kind of moment. It was really well done. So I, I'm with you. I give him an A too.
1: Okay. All right. So let's move on to special effects slash makeup. Now obviously no special effects going on here,
2: except for the sunken
1: place and right. you know the blood, and that's about it. Right. The sun, the second face, uh, or second face, the second place <laughs> was, uh, you know, that was a pretty interesting thing they did there. You're right, uh, but obviously the blood, that's the big thing. the The brain scene uh, at the end, the surgery scene, I thought was uh, pretty pretty well done. So I think from those uh, aspects in particular, the practical effects, I, I think they were very well done. Uh, I I I'm just, I'm gonna give it like a, a B plus I think, um just because I I don't it, it's a hard thing to grade. Just because I feel like you don't have a lot to to grade in this movie when it comes to this stuff, you know. So I'm just gonna give it a, a B plus.
2: Yeah, um, I love the sunken room effect, um, sunken place because it literally looks like you know he's falling into dark fabric of space without the stars and that it's a tv hovering above them and i get the feeling that that's exactly what it was is that it was just like super dark fabric that it was enclosed around the room and they probably had him on wires and just had him you fall down into the sunken place and had a tv above him like i can't see it being much more special effect than that like i think it's honestly quite close to that i think that's a really good choice because it works for the film it's not something that's going to eat up a bunch of your budget and it has it's a cool effect it looks cool uh so they didn't have a big budget but they were smart with what they did with it it wasn't wasted on unnecessary special effects or gore you know the blood and gore that they did have was very effective and so i'm going to give it an a okay
1: All right, so let's uh, move on to editing and pacing. Is the movie well edited? Is the movie well paced? Um, If so, why? If not, why? All right, so obviously, um, I'm going to just say this. It is both wonderfully edited and uh, well paced, Uh, wonderfully paced. Um, For me, it's an hour and 44 minutes, and it has a very simple story to tell. And it knows exactly how it wants to tell it. I thought that uh, the way the pacing was for this movie, there there wasn't a let-up to me. You know, I, I felt like they started out the movie, they got up to the parents, and things appeared fine. First act. Second act, things get crazy. Things get weird. And then we get to the third act, which at the end of the second act, which is him uh, trying to leave, getting knocked out. And then the third act is him, you know, uh, Getting out, getting uh, you know, free of his restraints, and eventually kind of making his way, uh, you know, through the entire family, taking everybody out. Yeah. So uh, you know, from that, the editing, editing, I think it was just, uh, just again, brilliant. The the cuts uh, that they they had uh, were really. Uh, really well done and it's like it served the movie it also made sure that the energy was constantly going because the editing needed to kind of keep the tension constant and I think that is uh, brilliantly done here so for me it's going to be an A for editing and pacing
2: yeah I think that's pretty fair because you know a lot of horror movies or suspenseful movies that have you know these three parts and you have a build up in the first two and then the big climax of the third one Often they overshoot and overdo their third round, like Sunshine kind of lost its, you know, rhythm and went way too overboard on the third act. However, I think they, they nailed it here. It's well edited, um, very well paced. Everything is has really good build up and keeps you wondering like you don't always know what's going on while at the same time like you know something bad is going on. So I think that's great. I'm going to give it an A.
1: OK. All right. So let's get down to our final, final grade. So, you know, of course, we want to tally up the grades that we have and then come out with a final uh, grade. So, uh, Sarah, why don't you start out with your final grade and your final <laughs> thoughts?
2: So I think I'm coming at a pretty high A here. Uh, I There's not a lot bad I have to say about this movie because everyone Killed it. The director, the actors, I think everybody in this in this movie that was involved, you know, knew that this could be something has the potential to be something great and put their everything into it. And when you have, you know, I think it's good to have small budgets on certain movies sometimes because everyone tries harder and tries to make it something really unique and special. And I think that's definitely what happened here. Um, so I, yeah, high A for me. Okay. Uh,
1: all right. So for me, uh, this movie gets an A plus actually. Um, and I know I gave it a, I gave it a B plus for, for special effects and makeup. But uh, I, I honestly, I'm just going to say this. For a movie like this, I kind of – I put that as a less uh, of a – it's like a less weighed grade when <laughs> I factor it in because I just – I can't knock it down much because what are you going to knock on this movie? you know, for yeah. it when it comes to that, it's not the point it, what it does, it does, it does well. So maybe I should have given it higher than a B plus, but uh, I'll stick with it. Uh, but as for the final grade an a plus, and I think it's deserving for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, if you look at the grades here, what besides the special effects and makeup, you know, you've got A's across the board and it's, if it's not a solid A, it's an A plus. Think about that for a second. With the exception of the, of the, um, Special effects and makeup, everything is either a solid A or an A+. Yeah. Pretty great. Uh, so it's an A-plus for me. And my final thoughts in this movie are this. Every every year or two, we have some good horror movies that come out. Good. Um, and sometimes great. This is an all-time great horror movie for me. Uh, because it, it is intelligent and it's thought-provoking. And it makes you think a little bit. When you walk out of that theater, you're constantly running through scenes in your head, um, things that you've picked up on, themes and, and ideas that you can tell that they were you know interweaving into the story because they wanted to say something more than, hey, there's a lot of blood and someone's running around killing people. Uh, Good enough. We'll just roll with that. So they wanted to, to tell a horror film or a horror movie A horror story with a, a different edge, a different bent, and I think that they did that brilliantly here. I can't recommend this movie more because I think everyone needs to see this at least once in their life.
2: Yeah, it's really great. It's definitely worth at least one watch. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but it's a movie that you should see.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, so that's going to be it uh, for this episode of the podcast. Uh, next week, uh, what is our plans for next week? I don't
2: <laughs> that's probably a good idea. What is our plans for next week? Um, are we seeing something? Oh, uh, no, that's not coming out yet. I think it's an off week. Nothing new, so, so we got to pick something old. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. There's, there's Tomb Raider
1: that came out this week. Mm. Um, <laughs> yep. Not really sure yet. Um, I think we may be watching, maybe possibly watching a superhero movie. Not really sure. But when we figure it out, I will put something out. I know I didn't put anything out for Get Out. I, I Yeah, really busy lately and sometimes I forget <laughs> to do that stuff. So I'll try to get something out though for next week. Um, regardless of what we pick and we'll see you guys next time.
0: Later geeks. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks podcast. Be sure to visit FreakingGeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash FreakingGeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. If you'd like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to FreakingGeeksMedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanage. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks.